0: Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of Bored Uh Two episodes in as many weeks. We're on a bit of a roll at the moment. I'm Lecky, and this week I'm joined by... Sam. Daz. And Tristan. And we've been playing Samurai Jack, Back to the Past, and Resident <laughs> Evil 2. I think I've got that pretty much nailed as a... That was awesome. That's yeah. like just like the game. Excellent. That's what it was like. for. As long as loads of effects on it when, <laughs> <laughs> when you're <cutting> this. <laughs> I don't think there's any required. I think I've got a job as a voiceover <laughs> artist now. Samurai Jack, Back to the Past. It's um, from USAopoly, who did send us a review copy. It's a set collection game for two to five players, and it's based on the cartoon series from Cartoon Network, Samurai Jack, the same name. And it's, it, does, yeah, it does it a does pretty good job of um, following the TV show. Daz, you've seen the Telebob program, yeah. and does it follow it pretty well?
1: Uh, yeah, well, in terms of the look and style and the artwork, they've got that bob on. It's really, really nice, um, nicely made and constructed as well. Um, in terms of the um, inclusions from the series, yeah, there's a lot, lot of nods to sort of. There's quite a few sort of standout episodes which had um, particular characters that that cropped up only once, like for no, was it Odin? Um, yeah. Um, who else um, did we see on there I think Ra Spartans, Spartans. and things like that so that oh, they, they, they appear yeah yeah, yeah. so um, yeah it looks like it's uh, it's very true to the uh, the series itself um, nice and stylish looking yeah
0: yeah I felt the same um, a lot of it because the um, game itself is like it's car driven in terms of like a market you, you've got all the players none of you actually play a samurai jack which was a shock to me once I found out. And I was like, oh, that's that's half the reason I wanted to play. But then we um, sort of, like, read the rules and got going with it. And then I realised it's the way that each character actually supports Jack on his sort of quest against Daku. That made it feel like the TV show actually is, you know, he goes around making friends along the way and they don't directly make him stronger, but it becomes a bit wiser and better for it. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, so, Tristan, Sam, you've not seen the TV programme, have you?
2: No. Uh. I saw it many moons ago. Yeah. Um so I don't I don't really know about the um how closely the theme is because I'm just not as familiar with the sort of the yeah the brand. But I liked it, you know. It was for, for it was a very very light game. But we we all sort of said it has a feel of sort of Takedo. Yeah. Um obviously very style styled very differently. But it was, you know, it was dead easy to pick up. I Raphael showed me how to do two moves. Then I was like, okay, I get this. Yeah, back into it now. Um, pretty easy to fly through, you know. Yeah. Opening gambit for a game. Probably, it says, I think it's, is it 13 plus? Yeah. Age rise. I would have thought
0: it would have been a bit younger than that, to be honest. Well, an eight-year-old taught you the rules, so
2: I'm going to say but yes. I mean, this is gamer's son, though. You know, he's he's eight, but in terms of games, he's about like, yeah. forty.
3: So, <laughs> I think that's very much a components thing. Loads of companies put that on the box now, uh, yeah. like 13 plus or 14 plus, because it allows you to uh, duck certain. Uh, I can't remember. There are some small tokens. Yeah, there's like, like there's weird import jets. export issues and stuff where you have to declare stuff if you've got certain components. So I think people just slap on. 13 or 14 plus to avoid that yeah. kind of thing. Certainly in terms of complexity, it's dead easy. The actual gameplay, you've got five. So you've taken five characters, up to five characters, that, as he says, aren't Samurai Jack. I've only seen about two minutes of one episode, so I'm not familiar you, with it. You the, need to watch more. You, it's, it's I think really I will good. now, actually. I've Yeah. watched this, yeah. yeah. But, um, it's, but you play as these wacky sort of dudes and you're sort of following Jack around, going on a journey yourself, uh, to all these different locations to try and pick up all these cards and help him beat the villains. So um, I would I'd, I'd trust your words for that it adheres closely to the TV show, but in terms of gameplay, you have a hand of five cards and the map is made up of 15 cards of different terrains, uh, hexagons, and you just play a jungle card and that will move you to the next jungle space along, or a city card and it moves you to the next city space yeah. along. And then in that space, you collect whatever treasure is at that space. Yeah. Uh, and there's a couple of variations where the baddie might get... He follows you as well, Aku. And if he gets you, you can't pick up a card. or you. Yeah. Just, and, and so yeah, that's, yeah that's, that's the meat and bones of it's, it it's, it's you're uh, moving around the map it's a nice little mechanic that
0: does separate it from tokaido quite well because tokaido you can move as many locations ahead as you want up until the next inn, can't you so you can move one location as long as the space you can move free or you can just move up to the next in yeah um well, it has the same blocking as well doesn't it yeah like tokaido
3: you would block someone from using that space to get there exactly there's uh, only
0: three spaces on each location and
3: here you're blocking them From getting the equipment cards and
0: stuff. Yeah, but then in Samurai Jack, there's um, AI. So there's um, Jack who will take up a space. And if you land in the same space as him, you'll get a little boon for it. And then Aku will take up another space after everyone's decided where they're going to go. And you'll get um, something taken away. So I think if the character falls on you, he'll block you from getting something from the market section. And also there's those little tokens that pop out each round, isn't there? So there's three mystery tokens.
3: That's right. (laughs) excuse me there's 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 four tokens in the game there's two bad ones and two good ones and you shuffle them up and deal out three and they're actually an optional rule but okay i wouldn't given how you know how brief the rules are there's no reason not to include them um but yeah as you say they're they're sort of tokens that pre-exist like they're placed before you start the game and if you land on them you can either get the white wolf who gives you an extra item or you get servants or whatever and takes one away or, yeah yeah so it adds There's another no level of attention it did get us a few times in both ways it I did think. yeah or was either suffered or benefited at some point
0: yeah this also shares them um, to kaido's sort of wild you can't actually keep up with who's winning at what point because you don't know until people have actually claimed points so i won the game because i'm the best <laughs> um but then we thought Raphael was probably going to win it because he won like two rounds and he was way ahead on points for most of the game but then that last round, everyone seemed to like get cards out of nowhere. And he got blocked from actually getting actually scoring points, didn't he? And that made all the difference. Yeah, so, so nice. each
3: each round is a journey through those fifteen hexes, isn't it, yeah. to the end? And then you get to the end and there's a villain. Um and if you beat when you beat him, because you will no matter what, but the idea is you want to collect enough items and bits and pieces that you can match the symbols on your stuff with the symbols on the villain's stuff. And the more you match, the more points you score. Yeah. Uh, but as you say, you can get blocked by the baddie and by each other. Um, and then once you've scored that, you just deal out the hexes again and start another journey. So there's two journeys, two villains, yep. and then a third, final journey where Aku is the is the last baddie, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, and that's when you score more points. But as you say, everyone's in it till the end because you fall behind on points. But if you get maximum points on Aku, yeah, you can all of a sudden like, leapfrog everyone.
2: The one thing I didn't notice, even though I came in late to the game, was between the rounds. At the end of each round, you discard your cards to beat the villain. Yes. So if you're not if you've not been able to get enough to do that, or you've not got there first, going into the next round, you still got all of those cards. Yeah, you've got. Like, Whereas the, the person who scored the points has yeah had to discard them all. So it's a kind of catch up. Yeah, so it's quite an, a very simple catch up mechanic, but it is. Quite it well. it's very simply implemented but it works perfectly. it does it
0: does work well in kind of like giving everyone a little extra helping hand to maybe score next round but it doesn't punish the player that won as well so as I won the second round I got the most points then in the third round I still went and got the sort of middle ground of points which gave me the best total overall yeah. so I still like picked
2: up some really good cards um so it does add an element of Sort of strategy into it because you could definitely. Say, you could, I don't want to win the second mulligan round, the to first keep round. The, yeah. Keep the better ones for the third round, um, yeah. If, if you want to try an extra depth, <laughs>
0: that's it, yeah. And some of the cards correspond to your character, so each character has three <laughs> cards unique to them. And if you pick them up and they've got your face on the shade or color, you get an extra two bonus points when you get a, um, a winning tableau at the end and that can make a big difference as well. So it just gives you something else to look out for, something else for people to block you from picking up. I know Tristan went out of his way to pick up any other character's cards, they like I could say, just to it's stop it. semi-cooperative. Semi-cooperative. Yeah, well, in, in yeah, though, I be- don't think there's any cooperation going on, really.
2: <laughs> at, at the end, there was only like a point or two
3: in between it. So yeah. those characters could have made all that difference.
0: Yeah, just landing on Jack a few times will just give you a few extra bonus points.
3: There was a point or two between you and Daz, between me and Leckie. <laughs> I came in last place. I had about eight points and you had 23.
0: I had about 23, yeah. I I, I counted half my tokens and then decided to declare victory. Yeah, I don't think my uh, competitive
3: uh, (laughs) strategy really paid off. But um, going back to what you said about cooperative, it it is actually semi-cooperative because all of you um, are benefit if you land on uh, Jack's actual yeah. space. So he moves first and then everybody sees where he goes and you can play the card that's going to get you onto that space. But the order of the players really matters because if you're in last place on on the journey of hexes, you'll activate first. So if everybody picks Samurai Jack's space, he's already occupying one space on that tile and there's only three spaces on each tile. So then the next person will, will move on to his tile, the, the the person after them will move on to his tile. Those guys will be rewarded because they'll gain one on a point um, and they'll stop Jack from going crazy because somebody has to be on his base. Yeah. Uh, but a third person who also wants to go into that space will then get bumped onto the next space along. So all of a sudden that might scupper your plans because you, you might get shunted from the jungle onto the city and perhaps there's no cars to pick up in the city. Yeah. So that's something else to think about. And also if everybody goes, oh, well, they're probably going for Jack, so I might as well go for the next space. And nobody lands on Jack's space. Jack goes insane. And so you move his insanity meter up one, and that's how you can all lose the game. Yeah. If, if that rockets up to the top, I think it's only about eight or nine spaces, depending on the number of players. Um, and if that hits the end, everybody loses. Um,
1: we were quite close to that. We had him, the end, yeah, because yeah, there's like
3: three final spaces <laughs> before it he, you know, it all goes pear shaped and you lose those three final spaces, everyone discards a card each time you hit one. And I think we hit the first one, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. Or is it the second (laughs) one? I think it was the first one. And then
0: we started paying a lot more attention. Yeah. To 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 someone (laughs) looking after Jack. Yeah, yeah,
1: I forgot about it. And when I suddenly realized I've got loads of cards and could do a run for like mega points at the end, I went for the race ahead tactic, but then I suddenly pinged, um, (laughs) oh, we need to keep an eye on his insanity. But I'd gone too far ahead of him already so uh, that's the other thing is just just race ahead tactic probably won't work all the time
3: him and Um, aku can both go at a different pace because you you flip a card to see where they go from their own deck and it might be that you're all sort of toddling along and then suddenly jack leaps really far ahead and you're like well there's still some bits i need to pick up before i go for the boss so i'm just going to linger down here and if everybody does that jack runs off to the final boss and you're all kind of straggling um and if you do the same with Aku who moves in the same way so we all move and then Aku moves. Aku, if he gets the villain first he'll bags you one of the slots on the villain so then that blocks you, one of you definitely for sure from scoring. So it is, again it's a very sort of simple but it's a nice kind of way of representing uh, another element of danger and pressure. The components are pretty cool but they're, they're quite sparse so I imagine it's sort of I think it's about 25 quid for the game yeah. um, when it comes out.
0: Your components-wise, what this what I was disappointed with because being a big like sort of Samurai Jack fanboy, I've not watched the show in ages. But there's been a lot of new series that I've missed out on. But what I really enjoyed about it when I was younger was um, a lot of the stories were based around like um, big myths and fables. So there's like a 300 episode. There's loads of like original episodes. The actual vibe of the um, cartoons, like a, it's an like an Afro-futuristic kung fu adventure odyssey. Yeah, because there's ravers, isn't it? There's, there's like Spartans, all, but then ravers. There's and... like everything they throw, it, like so there'll be a pastiche like, um cyberpunk stuff there'll be like old school victorian stuff one of kind the characters. Like adventure that's, time that's sort of a little weirdly but, uh, yeah but before adventure time and a bit quirkier um but i really enjoyed it but what i was hoping for from this game would be like little bits of flavor text on the cards maybe to reinforce what was happening in remind there remind you of the episode what's going on yeah just something that'll make me feel like you're kind of in it with samurai Jack a little bit more whereas it's more of a these are all, like, excerpts, like, screen grabs taken from the cartoon, which are all really well done. The minis look amazing. Jack doesn't quite look like Jack. Um, neither does the Scotsman. But at the same time, um, there's a lot more like attention to detail being put in there than, like, a cardboard standee.
3: And they're all painted, aren't they? And they're all cartoon painted.
0: And, and a really good quality as well, and a good size and heft. So for the sort of, like, the value of the game and what you're going to be paying at the high street versus what you get, I think it's a good sort of... Um, Pay off early, probably maybe see it a bit cheaper elsewhere. I, I think it'll probably be a game where once it's been out in the shops for a while, it'll probably come out come in a bit cheaper and stay there.
3: It's um I, I would say probably the uh, the main criticism for me would be the the boards. So the, the the sort of hexes that you travel on are fine. Yeah, but um it's kind of weird that you place them all out, go and beat a villain, and then you have to sort of deal them all back out again. I think that could have been you could have like a preset board and then you flip the tiles yeah. as you go and reveal them and then it would then at least give you a sort of a sense of place whereas it, there's no there's no playmat or anything like that so the the hexes are just sort of floating i i
0: i kind of i you know i agree with you slightly but what i did like about the way that the hexes are presented was that um you your movements dictated by you picking a card and all revealing it at the same time and so if you've got a certain location, so mine was the ruins because they were blue, which corresponded to my character. If I played the ruins, then I got all my location cards back. If, um, on one of the rounds, there was like the ruins were all clustered at the start and then there's one at the end. So if I'd played that card too many times, I would have ended up um, exiting really early. So I had to kind of like hold back and then visit most of the locations and then play the ruins last and jump off the map. So although it, it does kind of mess it up a little bit and add a bit of extra work for you. It does add a lot more like puzzlement to which which locations you're going to go to when and why.
3: Yeah, it adds a sort of deepness to the already existing. Exactly.
0: Yeah, sure. yeah. And um, the actual market deck board that you get just seemed a bit small and again a bit sparse.
3: Yeah. So you've got the the big board to hold all the market cards, um, but no board to hold the hexes. Yeah. You know, I would have thought that that. Because you're physically traveling through the hexes, that would be the bit that warrants the, the board, maybe. Yeah, and just, the market would be above it, sort of thing. I don't know, it's a minor quibble, but it's just it's kind of weird. And you can set the hexes out however you like, so there's no real, um, as long as it all follows one path, you yeah, can sort of make whatever shape you want.
0: I, I could, whatever line shape, yeah, you want. depending on who you're playing with, I could imagine if you're playing like with younger children that if they got bored halfway through the game, the game would become rearrange all the hexes to make fun little patterns, which, you know, occupy them, but it will piss me off. <laughs> it's like trying to play a game here, just, just leave them where they are. Um, but yeah, again, it's like, it's, it's a decent game, easy to learn, uh, really easy to play. We probably would not get too much replayability value out of it before we got really bored of it, but it's it's super light. So
2: many thoughts? It's a pretty solid intro game. Intro <laughs> to a gaming night or to young gamers, I think. Yeah. Um, for a well-established group, it's not really going to scratch the itch that we were used to. It'll, but. Be,
0: it'll be a great first game to... I'm like, oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> it'll be a great first game to introduce someone to board gaming. Like, if someone was showing an interest in, like, you know, board games and yeah, stuff, I, I was, get it for, like, someone.
2: I, I think someone who's either got an interest in Samurai Jack or is of a younger generation to introduce them into gaming. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I think it's uh, it's possibly a bit too light even for it to introduce. But yeah. I think it's solid for what it is, and it does it does what it's meant to do, you know, and it does it, it, does it pretty well.
0: Would you play again, Das? Uh, yeah, I would. Yeah, I agree with what you've
1: said there. Um, I think it'd be, yeah, nice family game, um, easy. I mean, <clears throat> two of us came in tonight, started playing for the first time we picked it up within a couple of rounds didn't we um yeah i i enjoyed it I, there's that little aspect of you can um you know screw someone over if you if you want which is quite <laughs> nice to have in, um in in sort of like a light game like this so there's a little bit of yeah competitiveness that that, that came out of it and you know mild anger from some people which you can sort of invoke (laughs) which uh which is quite nice but no yeah all all in all um yeah nice game Uh, uh, yeah every now and again bring it to the table for a a little play beforehand but i don't think it's going to be one that's majorly on on the table there you
0: go yeah well there we have it, then Samurai Jack, back to the past, worth having a quick look at if you want to entertain some kitty winks or you just want some nice easy easy playing easy to learn fun on the table. This week was Resident Evil 2, the board game by Steamforged Games. And it's um, it's just a lovely little um, local game. local Steamforged. They're local from Lads. Stockport, Stockport, just down the road. That's well, where they're based anyway. Don't give too much away about where we live. I mean we'll get hordes of like screaming teenagers shouting at us outside the house and throwing bricks through the windows. That's definitely Lads our target
1: market. Z- hordes of zombies <laughs> if they've
0: seen this. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god, yeah. <laughs> Why can't you be kinder to the poor zombie community? So how would we describe this game then? A bit of a dungeon, explore, adventure, fun time, put the tiles down. Dudes on a Map is what most
3: people are calling it now, isn't it? Uh, that type of game. One to four players, age 14 plus, I think. They've slapped that on again for the... Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, N- 90 to 120 minutes, it says. So yeah. this is a full-on campaign game.
0: It's it's a zombie survival simulator, really, isn't it?
3: Yeah. Um, I also think... Yeah, I'll put my cards on the table up front. I'm really chuffed with this. I backed it on Kickstarter and um, I went all in. So we've got all the extra expansion content and stuff. Although, to be honest, we've not really dug into much of that expansion stuff, really. We're just sort of sticking to the base game characters, base game uh, enemies and everything. Um, But it really captures that Resident Evil 2 vibe. Yeah. So what happens is you take it in turns. It's cooperative. You move about and shoot zombies and stuff like that. You've got four actions per character each round. Um, and once you've finished, zombies, any zombies near you activate and then you draw a card from the tension deck and that's sort of the timer for the game. So in that respect, so far, so normal. It's been done before kind of thing. Yeah. But in the actual way it plays out, it just it moves at a clip. It gives you a sense of all of the sort of inventory management and stuff that you've got from Resident Evil where you've only got a certain amount of bullets and stuff. Bullets aren't as effective as you think they're going to be. I think we all discovered this um, tonight. You guys certainly did. Um, You've got a handgun, you've got 15 bullets in it, and each time you fire, you can either fire one bullet or up to three bullets for one action. And each bullet gives you a dice. So the more dice, the more chance you have of doing something. But actually what you're really doing is just pushing the zombies back. It's really yeah. hard to kill them. So each zombie that comes on the board is kind of a threat. But what you do find yourself doing is dodging through and running and evading and stuff and whacking them with a knife along the way and, and that. And, and all the stuff in, in Resident Evil, because you in Resident Evil you're always running out of bullets and, and, and stuff. We kind of parked this game just before the end we've not actually finished this particular scenario and i'm already completely out of bullets on both weapons so (laughs) definitely resident evil i'm going on myself sam (laughs) yeah there's a few things that i really like about this i mean
2: looking at it it looks like a typical dungeon crawl uh, when you first glance at the table but it doesn't feel like it there's to me there's a real sense of urgency all the time you start off quite a leisurely pace and then go uh, run out of cars quick here. Now we've got to get to that place, but we haven't got time to get there. Yeah, we've stocked up on equipment that we don't need, and we've run out of bullets. <laughs> so I've got a load of healing stuff, but I don't need any of that because I'm fully healed. But now mm. I've got no bullets, so I'm going to get eaten. So I'm going to have to use up my yeah. Stuff. Um, there's awareness of the zombies. As Tristan said, very difficult to kill. They're also not very good at hurting you, but it's a persistent threat, and they they. um <laughs> for the most part um and they become more of a an obstacle for a lot of it so you're trying to yeah. get to something and they're slowing you down constantly and they're, they're just nibbling on you as you run past but it's just wearing you down all the time it's just swarm you don't they yeah just like, make it really difficult um, to move around the way that they have locked doors and keys hidden all over the place and you've got to go and find the items to be able to yeah. get through the doors it's very reminiscent the- of resident evil the 2
0: doors themselves is a, it's a really nice mechanic because it's like tristan was saying there's nothing groundbreaking about any of the game mechanics here but they're all just um, introduced in such a way that it just makes you feel like you're playing the old playstation game again and what i really liked is you can open the door and then you can walk through it and that takes an action but then if you close the door that's another action to close it again The advantage of doing that is that any zombies on the other side of the door will stop activating when you do stuff, which is great. They're not going to try and follow you through it. They're just going to kind of shamble along in the corridor. But if you're in a rush and you choose not to, you're going to move an extra item, and they'll start just kind of dispersing all the way through the um, house, and you can end up with like a real problem. And it's just it's a nice little um, dilemma to give somebody.
2: Well, it is, because also when you lock them into a room, as we found with this one, we've got to go back that way. And they're just sat there waiting for you to come back. So you've gone, oh, I've managed to avoid those. I've managed to run away from them. And you're like, oh, crap. Now I've used up all my ammo. (laughs) And I've I've worn out my health. I've got to go back into that room where they're all sat there waiting for me. And the the beauty of the uh, the tension deck is there's stuff in there that will mess up with your plans all the time as well. So early on, it's fairly simple. Most of it's like all clear. You know, there's not much going on. But the further you get through the campaign and stuff it gets harder and it's more tense and every time you flip that over you could go from locking a door and everything being completely safe to suddenly everything spawns on you or new monsters appear new crows and zombies appear all the time so you never quite feel safe even when you think you're doing all right and that timer just disappears so quickly
1: Yeah, I was quite surprised actually because initially it looked like it was going to be a trudge from point A to point B uh, to the end, and <laughs> that's it. Obviously, with the you could see some of the preset zombies, um, but yeah, it does ramp up really quickly in terms of things happening. Um, And yeah, with the opening and the closing of doors, you know, the combat aside, it's a bit like zombie management, isn't it? Trying to make sure, you know, you don't or you leave certain rooms clear as well Um, because you can start racing towards something, but then you can forget that someone else needs to come back, you know, through that passageway as well. For instance, I'm looking at the moment. There's a room where there's <laughs> we've done it in such a way. There's five zombies all in the corner there, and there's some scared. <laughs> who, who was that again? I can't That's remember. Bland. So she's in the opposite corner of that room, and you know, it's so like going these little um, mini scenarios that have kind of appeared throughout. You know, throughout. You know, with, what did we play it for? About an hour there was it? Yeah, hour and a half. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and. We, it, it felt like it, it was a lost cause, didn't it? Um, and uh, amazingly, Sam picked up on a sort of special uh, action that he could do, which was reactivate and take his turns again, which got us to the save point, which is the quite a, quite a nice touch as well, using the typewriter from the game. Um, and we're still going unbelievably. So, uh, yeah, I'm really enjoying it, actually
3: it's also messes with your plans in so many ways you're talking then about opening the door running through shut the door behind you so that the zombies are sealed in that room and you're like yes okay it might be a problem when we come back or whatever but then the tension deck will play a card like the zombies come through so like you, you just spent all that time you know shutting them off and then they just appear anyway and, yeah and bust through and stuff just like in the game there was all those moments where they just suddenly burst out and that um so i love that about it as well. But also all the maps are pre-made or they're all based on the maps from the game. And they all have these interesting logic puzzles that you have to sort of go through. So I've, I've actually played the whole campaign through solo uh, already, but I'm replaying it now with you guys. And it's a completely different experience because you're managing four characters and you're having to split out the, the load and the time and the items and everything else. It's a completely different set of strategic decisions, which you know, I'm, I'm sort of, I suggest stuff, uh, and having played it, and then Sam will go, no, if we do this, this is a better move, and I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> and because there's like, there's so many different sort of elements to it, and things going on, and timings, and um, it's also got the when you move in certain rooms, certain rooms are more dangerous than others, so you roll a dice, and there could be extra monsters in there, or grasping sort of tentacles and things that will affect your move. Um, there's corpses all the way through the map, which um, you guys have rolled really well <laughs> yeah. because there's a chance when you move on to them, they'll pop up and turn into actual zombies. That happened to me all the time when I was playing alone. I was what? just rolling ones all the time. I'm
0: amazed, only one of them actually reanimated and we just ran away and left him with the rest <laughs> of the zombie horde.
3: But yeah, you've got the, the diamond keys, uh, locked doors, and stuff. You've got, yeah. if you do play the campaign, you can carry certain items over from scenario to scenario. So you really need to make sure you sort of pick up as many items as you can as you're moving through. Uh, but then you might find the way it plays out you just cut off and if i have to go back and try and get that shotgun i might have to go past the liquor you know yeah. and they're a real pain in the bum it's like three of us gunning through the doorway yeah. to try and take out a liquor and-
0: but you don't know it's a shotgun though there's like the, there's the good items and then there's um a, just sort of regular items but the good that good item there's what like one on each map it seems to be in one each scenario Hidden in the corner of a locked room um, That's somewhere.
3: specific to this. There's normally a few more, actually, but this, yeah. this scenario has one particular really cool item, which we've not yeah. quite got to Yeah,
0: but it, it's tantalising, but at the same time, it's like all the way on the other side of the map. Yeah. Can Claire go get it? Mm, which is close enough. It'll be interesting to see if, if that happens, but what, <laughs> when you mentioned about the keys as well, um, what was nice about one of the scenarios is um, we're searching for a key to open the door, but there's a clue that says maybe check the items, and then you find a red jewel, and it's like, oh... <laughs> I wonder what he'll do with this red jewel. And it's like, well, you find another one and swap it for a key. It's like, fair enough. But then immediately we're like, yes, yeah, so this goes in a statue. And <laughs> you put it in the statue's eyes and the face will open and there'll be a key behind it. This is Capcom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. So it's just, it's very evocative um, of like the Resident Evil games. I didn't really play too much of them, but I did enjoy them. And it just brings it all coming back, really. But the one thing it does away with
1: um, in the computer game was like the poor camera angles, where you couldn't see anything. <laughs> so it actually improves dra- drastically doing. on that. Yeah, um, uh, and the load time. Oh yes, and that. <laughs> and the voice, and the voice acting. We have to do that ourselves, which is so, to reach the heady heights.
3: <laughs> actually, you say poor camera angles. If I had to make a criticism, I would say that the the board is really dark. The tiles are really dark, which is cool it's thematic and everything but, yeah, but it you means can't tell what's going on you can't really make out too many of the details and I, I can see there's cool art under there but it's so dark it's hard to make out um and what that does lead to for example with the door tokens which are flat they're not 3d like standees or anything um a, a couple of times we've leaned over and gone is that door open you know or is it closed um and there's a lockbox token which is exactly the same as a door token um so there is a little bit of um, it, some some of these things could have been just boosted the brightness on it a little bit. It, and...
0: It's probably it's probably too much of a slave of its chosen IP, really, isn't yeah. it? Um, so like the doors, the the doors as you would have seen them rendered on the PlayStation game, but you like the do was like because they wanted to save so much memory, it was a black screen with the door in it. So they've done the tiles as like a black screen with the door in it yeah. or whatever. But it just doesn't quite pop enough so some of them you, you have to really really get in up close and personal they're, to see what they actually do
3: they're perched as well aren't they between the tiles yeah um, and there's also walls the wall tokens and these I have to say are, I do love the game but these are the worst things about it these I don't know if you're supposed to stand them up or not they just look like when you're punching them out they look like um, an error you know on the off token cut. sheet on a punch board yeah of course they just look like oh is that part of the game? And then you set up a map. You're like, oh, that's not just part of the game. That's a really crucial uh, area delineating piece. And you're like, oh, right. And it just looks... because the, I think because your expectations raise a little bit, you've got cooler mini- miniatures and artwork from the uh, game and stuff. And then you just get these little bits of weird shaped card uh and I don't even know, is that supposed to stand up or lie down?
0: I think it's meant to stand up. I think mean, you are know, it right. It looks like it. it's like a fake wall, isn't it?
3: But then if you slot two together, look at <coughs> the corners. Oh, they're, they're they do, do mitre that. that way. But then they don't because they've got a little bubble sticking out. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> minor quibbles, but, you know, it's it's the kind of thing where when you get like this nicely overproduced games with miniatures and stuff, um, it would just be nice to take it out one step further and get standy doors and stuff. Um, the other thing I was just going to say before I pass the mic back <laughs> is... Um, Zombicide is the other game that springs to mind when I think of this game, obviously. Yeah. And Zombicide had this, I I like it as a sort of light game and everything, but it has this massively sort of obviously unplaytested point in the game where the spawn points are so crazy. You're heaping down like tons of miniatures that don't even fit on the tile that they're supposed to fit on you can like oh spawn 25 zombies on that space and you, you physically can't fit them on the game and it just gets to that point where it's like oh yeah yeah, it's, it's tipped past the point of reasonable uh, play you know and you're yeah. just moving a massive wad of plastic along the board whereas this all the scenarios feel carefully planned out play tested clever and and gripping throughout. yeah and and that really stands out from playing tons of miniatures games where you're like, oh, it's cool, it looks cool, it plays fun, but this feels a bit janky and stuff. In terms of gameplay, none of it really feels janky. It all feels like if if you've brought it to a point where you're getting overwhelmed, it's probably because of something you've done. And Um, each
0: scenario feels like you've got just enough turns in order to complete them. Um, yeah like Zombicide it's pulpy it's meant to be a bit tongue-in-cheek isn't it? it it does go stupid I think there's about you get three quarters of the way through a level in Zombicide and you realise you've already lost and that's probably where the fun is but at the same time it's frustrating but it's, it's completely different kettle of fish it's, that's where the similarities end is they've both got zombies mm. um, the puzzles in Resident Evil are just a lot more difficult it's you feel like you're really meant to explore the map whereas Side, you're just kind of hitting X's aren't you and so you're getting
3: in and out as quickly as possible yeah zombie side you hole up in a room search 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 and just keep you know getting items in this you get you make you spend ages trying to get to one specific item to pick it up yeah and then you're like right now i've got to hot foot it all the way across this map and it matters the map matters so once you've been to a location as we said before when you have to go back through it just like you did in the game you've got to account for that and how much time you've got left and where the next typewriter is and how much ammo you've got and what have you left behind to to face? And, you know, or did you spend the time to clear the room before you headed off? Yeah. Um, So it just, it feels really neat. And all of the scenarios feel like, none of them feel like they've scribbled on any. There's the introductory scenario, which is dead quick, just to introduce you to the rules. But each one gradually introduces more and more threat, more cards to the tension deck, newer sort of scarier elements and stuff, more uh, souped up baddies, and then there's bosses, which we've not even talked about yet. We've not even got to the bosses. Yeah, but then you've got the um,
0: the danger tables moving into like yellow areas and red areas. You've got to roll a dice and see just how badly you're going to get done over in the next turn. Some of them are pretty mild, Some of them a bit like horrible. I, we've got caught out by one or two of them. There is, though, the dreaded miss a turn mechanic read its head.
2: <laughs> even, that, even that, it's down to a roll of a dice. It's not just miss a turn, which I'm yeah, kind of more forgiving of. But yeah, it, it's still there. <laughs> just teasing. But I mean, it does feel like there's a lot of risk in this, but a lot of it you can mitigate. It doesn't feel like it's all luck, even though there's some element of dice. I think you, you roll the dice assuming that you're not going to be able to shoot something. So it's nice when it happens. It's not really just yeah. like with a lot of them, you just roll as many dice as you can and then you'll probably hit with this. Or, you know, it, it doesn't, it, it kind of, you kind of think, I'm gonna shoot this zombie more to move the others around and more to draw attention yeah. to myself than necessarily to kill something. If I kill it, that's great, but don't really expect it to happen. So I kind of think that, and the way that the is a roll of a dice for the rooms when you go into them, but the chance of it being bad is not, you know, it's gonna be uncomfortable more. You know, I might spawn one zombie, but the chance of it being really bad is one in six. Yeah, 10. and the best thing that can happen is nothing. So it's not like, you know, you always know it's going to be something negative, something detrimental, but it's not that bad Yeah, at this stage. It could ramp up maybe for in
0: the further yeah. scenarios. So it,
2: it, even though there is the elements of luck, I do, it doesn't feel like that's sort of a, a driving factor in this game. No, it just uh, no. It feels like it's a bit added on. You know, it's,
0: it feels much more like a game that's going to punish you for making just silly decisions yeah. or you feel for, more controlled don't you or for even not thinking about every eventuality like um like the zombies going running rampant through a corridor that was mainly because we took extra care to clear them out earlier in the game so we just never bothered closing the doors then when Neil started spawning again they could just go where they wanted fun 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 yeah I get. <clears throat> I guess when you get your head around
1: managing the zombies like we eventually did on this one as well um imagine it was already too late (laughs) so that this campaign there was one liquor wasn't there and it did take a sort of three of us on the square opposite to deal with it and we did deal with him pretty quickly um i guess you know campaign after this there might be two or three and and they move in or move towards you don't they every um every time you move so again it's sort of double the uh, intensity of what the zombie is and then I'm looking at some of these other big beasts here who I recognize from the game so God knows what they do um, but yeah um but y- yeah it is I I've felt at times like it was we would we were done for but it, it it is doable and I think yeah you've just got to sort of t- take stock and make sure you're all talking to each other and not just ru- you know rushing off
3: Um it's very, very cooperative, which is, which is great. Um, Yeah. Given the time elements, you definitely have to, yeah, as you say, you have to cooperate because there's just, you can't, you can't be the guy that goes and gets all the stuff and does all the cool things. You've really got to share out that responsibility. So, um, you know, we, we had two guys on one side of the map and two guys on the other, and we all had to just sort of meet in the middle but then you find yourself branching off with different. Okay, you go and uh, sort out the statue, and Sam stay behind and you know clear that area and, and keep a safe path for us. And uh, you know you go and deal with the liquor sort of thing. And and you you find these sort of emerging roles as you go along and like mini narratives kicking off around the board. Which I mean, obviously the, the video game wasn't was solo, um, so to play it with four characters, I did wonder how that would go down. But actually, it's, it dovetails really neatly. I think
1: Leckie did actually become the master of keys, or the master of unlocking. <laughs> the master didn't of, unlocking. You? master Which, uh, of unlocking. Whether they built that in to happen, I don't know. is <laughs> yeah. a little uh, Easter egg, but uh, <laughs> at the moment, you are running around with the keys that we need. So, uh, I don't you know.
0: know it's, um, I think it's just one of those little narrative coincidences. Like our three sort of police-related characters were all sort of like clustered together, checking our corners and like keeping each other's backs. You know, all cosy and not bitten. And then Sam's Ada Wong was just running up and down the stairs, murdering zombies, trying not to be seen by us.
2: I was trying to fit in with how the character would play out. Yeah, exactly. You did very well, very
0: well. Um, in, to everyone in the campaign, Tristan, you mentioned earlier that there's an element of crafting in terms of like weapons. Um, how does that work out?
3: So again, you it, it, it shines if you play it in campaign mode, definitely. We, we jumped in today on episode three, um, which works okay because it tells you the starting items you need to start with and it doesn't feel like we missed anything out. It gives you um we had a shotgun and a bow gun between us, which is cool because you sort of amped up a little bit from the last missions. If you'd missed them out in the campaign game, you'd be really gutted if you got to this point and you still had just a handgun. Um so when you if if you miss an item and when you're going through, it's really gonna prey on your mind, you know. Was it just a herb? Was it green herb? Or was it like the custom parts for the handgun? Yeah. And if you get that, it's ace. Just like in the game, when you upgrade the handgun, all of a sudden you're doing headshots on the zombies and you feel totally badass. They've they've put this into the mechanics in the game here as well, where you can get the custom handgun and it changes your dice roll. So instead of having to... Essentially, they're um, tailored dice, so they've got the blast symbols and the dodge symbols and stuff. Um, but there's there's a six on there, isn't there? Basically a double yeah. double blast. Uh, so you've got a one in six chance with a regular bullet of killing a zombie. With the custom handgun, you can add the different blast symbols together from different dice to create that double blast symbol Fantastic, kind of thing. Yeah. Which, if that makes any sense to it's, anybody listening. <laughs> yeah, so- Two fives make a six. <laughs> yeah, kind of thing. Or, or Yeah. Um, so so it, it all of a sudden empowers you. Uh, and the next time you do that, firing off three bullets at once you've got a really good chance of taking out a zombie and failing that just blasting him really far back down the corridor kind of thing yeah um and then of course there's all the good stuff down there there's grenade launchers and you know uh, if you get the grenade launcher that's cool but then the next scenario you might get acid rounds for the grenade launcher you know so it's constantly giving you this sort of yes and and it, it that that moment where the sort of empowerment kind of thing uh power gaming i guess but you really feel like you earned it when you get there and you know, you've only got a precious few grenades. So you're like, Oh, I'm just going to wipe out this room full of zombies, but you can't because there's a boss you need to save them for. And um, it's just full of those beautifully agonizing decisions that you get in games like this that are well done. But I just want to go back and say again, how um, great I think the individual design of the scenarios is because each one of them provides a cool, unique puzzle and, the mechanics that run the zombies and everything is almost incidental to the the thing you have to solve to beat this one scenario. Uh, And just having that tension deck ticking down and having to rush to the typewriters to renew it just really, really um, keeps the pace up. And it's the kind of game I've played it to death over Christmas, completed the campaign, and I've not even touched the expansion scenarios, but playing it through again. Now, even with the same character, I'm still playing Leon in this. Um, (laughs) And I would, you know, I'd happily go through the whole campaign again with Leon, with four players, to see, you know, the difference, um, because it does feel completely different from playing it by yourself.
0: Just opens it up a little bit. Nice. The um, it'll be nice to play some more scenarios and see how they differ in how the sort of like the, the themes sort of like stack up because we've only played like the introductory game and I've only played this. Other one. Sam's played an extra one as well.
3: We'll have to do a boss one at some point because yeah. they get their own AI decks as well, so they're a bit oh, like wow. the bosses in Dark Souls where. Yeah. Um, you, you never know what they're going to do next but they're always yeah. going to do something and once they've started activating yeah. they'll they'll rinse you in every player's turn kind of thing. It was
0: a it was a great follow up really because um to Dark Souls because of Dark Souls is the only other Steamforge game that I've played and I was a little bit worried when we come into this that it'll be basically the Dark Souls game engine with Resident Evil stuff. And what I really didn't like about Dark Souls was that you if you got defeated, you had to start at the beginning and go all the way through it again. And it felt really grindy. And I'm not a big fan of the grindy games. Like some dungeon crawlers I, I struggle with a little bit because I just feel like, well, we're just going to waste about six nights worth of play, then upgrade some stuff, and then go up against some harder enemies. Whereas this, it's not grindy at all, really. Like you're saying, it's like it's more of a puzzle with some zombies thrown in. And you know, even how you fight them feels a bit puzzly at times. Really, really enjoyed it. Final thoughts, does really enjoyed it. Love how it sort of evokes the feeling of the
1: original, which is a game I loved and played quite a lot. Little touches as well, like you showed showed me before. There's uh, the tofu character um that's a, is that a spoiler um, <laughs> i'm not sure do you unlock it, it? uh right okay but um yeah they've lovingly sort of recreated all the different um elements of the game and uh yeah turned it into a cracking board game really enjoy, and i'd really like to play a few more scenarios at some point yeah
0: yeah really enjoying it want to play more well done, Steamforged. <laughs> well, well done. You t- you've taken something that we all love and you've you basically given us another reason to love it so much. You, they have really like, bro- like brought new life into an old franchise.
3: Just in time for the video game high-def re-release. Oh,
0: the demo of that looks amazing. You just go on YouTube now and watch it. Don't do it in in dark.
3: Wait until it's morning. It looks horrible in a really good way. Is, it, is that the one where it compares it to the original? So you've got like the new high def it, version and then it's split screen with the old. I've not seen that one. No, it's that's just that's worth a watch as it's, well I'll it's say. the devs just playing through like the first five
0: minutes of the game and it's like oh, it's <laughs> just, it, it looks really gory and fascinating. Um yeah, fantastic. So we'll um definitely just give Resident Evil go, Evil Two a go if you can do. Um, well worth it if you're still waiting on your copy arriving in the post. I don't. I think that most of them probably drop now, haven't they?
3: Uh, this was a complete surprise to me because I actually, usually with Kickstarters, I sort of drop out of yeah. the updates and wait for it to arrive as a nice surprise. But um, this, and, and I know that they had problems with Dark Souls. Right, okay. Some of it was delayed and some of the expansions. This all just arrived pretty much, as far as I know, without even notifications before Christmas. Sick. So, and it was like stacks, of boxes i managed did manage to get all of the expansion stuff into the base box so all of the other boxes have gone <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> um, right, it can be done but yeah no it, I, i'm assuming I, I couldn't comment on it to be honest but i'm pretty yeah. sure that they're, they're well into delivery if not everybody's probably got it fair enough so yeah check
0: it out able if you're lucky enough to have a copy then welding you for you know backing it on Kickstarter. i'm sure we be going to read oh yeah to definitely um so that's it we've Got a nice little community of an audience built up now. This I don't i can't with actual numbers on it because I don't know, but I'm gonna guess there's like you know about a hundred people that listen to each episode, which is really super duper lovely. We do have a favour to ask you, listeners, could just like review us on iTunes. That helps out a little bit. um I, I think everyone's already subscribing because the numbers look pretty solid. So just just say how much you like it, and if you don't like it, then be quiet. Encourage a friend that does like it to put something on the review. So, thanks very much for that. We'll be back nice and soon, hopefully, with uh, more games. Until then, goodbye.
2: Ta ta. See ya. So long.